Well, welcome to another edition of 10 Things Friday, episode 10, uh, where we talk about all things retail technology in the future. Um, really excited to hit the double figures mark of episodes of 10 Things Friday. Um, I, in one hand, I can't believe it's actually been 10 weeks that we've been doing this, Tim, but uh, um, it's uh, been a lot of fun and uh, thanks to all the listeners who are interacting via Caffeine, um, but also listening via the podcast, which you can go and subscribe to via the website, but it's out on iTunes and Spotify um, as well. So without further ado, um, welcome, Din. How have you seen the week that was? Hi, Nathan. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, well, uh, good uh, to everyone. Um, as you can see, uh, Nathan's uh, uh, working out of a very COVID-safe uh, tropical paradise in the Pacific. And I'm keeping up uh, with the nautical theme uh, from uh, the shores of the Mediterranean. So um, we so are if coordinated. You're if you're listening via podcast, you're just imagining a very tranquil place uh, that you know represents our Zoom backgrounds right now. So, Indeed. Uh, yeah. We should work out on podcasts and backgrounds. Mm. Okay. <laughs> we'll start, we'll start uh, with the 10 uh, countdown. Uh, number 10, uh, the, what's retail been uh, like the, the past few days? Um, not an awful lot has changed since uh, last week. Uh, I think we are now uh, at a stable state where outside traffic continues to be subdued. As, as is inside traffic in, in, in retail stores. So now, uh, notwithstanding, you know, masses of throngs of people on shopping centers at the, at the weekend, um, the traffic has now stabilized and it is less than what it used to be. Uh, and and that, is, that is very clear. Uh, conversion is at normal standards. And I, I guess total sales is now, you cannot tell, Total sales from last year or the year before. They're on a par. They follow the weekly pattern. People spend yeah. more on the weekend, less during the week. Um, what's interesting, of course, is for that to happen, uh, the transaction value continues to be high. So fewer people in stores spend the same amount of money, but with a lot less time. Mm. That, that, that continues to kind of indicate that, uh, you know, including actually uh, the weekends, that and, and the effect is more pronounced the weekend, so people are still quite aware of that. It also means that shopkeepers are actually acting on what the government is saying, and they're only keeping in a certain number of people in the store. So that that obviously fall, fall, flows on, and people kind of feel a bit obliged to to move to move quickly. I did have a couple of occasions this week where people apologised for. Uh, in one instance, somebody said, oh, I saw something, I'll, I'll stop to, to have a look at it. I'm really sorry about that. And I said, yeah, no, they do this deliberately. They put all these things on the shelf so they can uh, entice you to buy some more. So um, mm. that's, that's the, the regal of the wars. I, I don't, uh, th 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 there is definitely no, uh, um, no holding back on the spending. And we had a bit of an overshot, as we discussed, maybe a couple of weeks ago when mm. it opened up. You know, there was a week where, Sales actually exceeded uh, normal levels from uh, last year and this year, but now the pattern is just normal. Yeah, it's just it's just back to where it is. Yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, I, I went to the city. It feels a lot better and more spaced out um, than the shopping centres. I don't think that we've worked out the shopping centres yet, but the mm. the um, the city feels a lot 
more um i suppose the word safe really like you know or, or covid safe i don't know um but it, it's less congested um and i think it's interesting that you know some of the retailers like i think jb hi-fi right those retailers that are actually open through the pandemic um they seem to have got this better and obviously it's probably through virtue of they've learnt as they've gone but they've kind of weathered the storm and I, I think that they seem to be you know almost transacting as you said back to normal right like and they haven't made too many adjustments really like I was thinking even as something as simple as moving the receipt printer to the customer side well JB didn't do that right they you know they haven't really reconfigured too much they didn't actually change they, yeah you're right they did a bit they put a couple of tables at the yeah. front to distance themselves but they didn't put up the big uh, screens. Nah. And, uh, and now uh, they're just gonna, you know, go bang, right? They're full throttle. It's like, well, I, I, I'm not gonna make any more, you know, small baby steps. Like they're, mm. they're, they've weathered it and they're just gonna be ahead. So I, I think that's gonna be interesting. No, you, you're right. I mean, uh, home delivery continues to disappoint. Mm. We'll talk a bit more about that. Um, mm. uh, but uh, we even uh, we even managed to get something out of Maya this week after uh, several attempts, which is very good of them to yeah, uh, actually nice. take our money and send us something. <laughs> right. uh, that was I've, a little of it. Your, we go back your number, number nine. nine. Number nine. Yeah. Um, so I've, my first one, um, you know, is, is again the big issues. Uh, I want to talk about TikTok. Um, I know something that is close to your heart, Dim. Uh, in terms of uh, one of your most used apps, TikTok. Um, but there was a report that came out um, where kids were basically aged 4 to 15 average 85 minutes per day on YouTube and that has declined and they spend 80 minutes on social apps and for the most part that's TikTok. <laughs> um, uh, and that's an increase of 200% over the last, in the last quarter. Um, I think that's right. And so it's now become the most downloaded app in the world, installed 315 million times in quarter one with 2 billion downloads total. Um, so this is kind of going to be the next, you know, you talk about how it's it's growing now. Interestingly, this is a Chinese company, so it's a company called ByteDance. Um, and so, how we convince that you know convince how are we going to be convinced that it's not the Chinese government that's able to manipulate the algorithms that all of our kids are watching? Um, but mm. it, it's again one of these platform businesses that it, it's going to take market share away from YouTube. They don't have any content, right? The people create the content um the kids create the content they dress up and dance to their own songs or, or other people's songs or whatever it is so they don't have to get you know big names to make movies or they don't have to get content from anywhere the content is provided by the players um and so they're going to make a lot of money if that, this growth keeps continuing, um, are they going to make? So, how are they going to make money then? Oh, they'll make it through advertising and, um, yeah, contextual advertising. So, it's going to be um, one to watch, I think. 
Oh, look, I, I did see some people uh, uh, dancing in the park uh, the, uh, uh, just, just a couple of days ago and uh, as I was running around uh, my usual track and uh, they, they, were, they, they were, they were holding a phone and they were dancing in the park. So well, do you think that would sort of raise kind of copyright concerns about popular songs and that sort of thing and people were trying to get into the act for that or, you know, because there's always a bit of that, you know, you know if it becomes very specific and, you know, you now sort of, you know, started making money at the back of other people's music, at least, you know, that, that may cause some difficulty, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Um, uh, but like I said, it's, it's explosive growth. Um, Facebook have tried, like, other. this is where I think it's interesting. So, you know, Facebook had tried something like this. They've tried to copy it with something called Poke or, or, and, um, uh, and YouTube was innately built on the you know, for in a desktop world, um, this thing is in the mindset of, you know, I the the, the kids create the content. Um, yeah, the phone. This is yeah, all around the phone. Yeah, right? yeah, it's all around the phone, right? It's all, all around, around mobile phone. mobile yeah. social apps, and, no. and Facebook has it kind of it, it doesn't can't really respond to this. So you sort of now will it end up you know dead like some of the other social apps, you know, Snapchat and whatever else? I don't know, but. Um, it, it'll be one to watch. I, I will. Um, I will download it and uh, and have a play around with it. Now you are talking though to the person that is in his fourth failed attempt to understand Instagram. So, you know, like, <laughs> uh, uh, that's that's where we're at. So I wouldn't hold my breath in me uh, mastering the uh, art of TikTok. Uh, speaking of apps, uh, down to number eight. Uh, I've been having uh, a bit of a look um, last week on food and drink apps the the top 10 food and drink apps uh for australia the uh, specifically the world is the world is not that much different but there is a little bit of difference uh so i've been looking at um what is being downloaded and uh looked back in march uh what was the uh what were the top uh the top downloaders uh from from the itunes and the and the app stores and back then Uber and Menulog were at the top with KFC and Macca as well as Hungry Jacks and Domino's following. So the aggregators were, the two major aggregators were ahead of the, um, of the um, uh, food chains, mm. or the fast food chains. That was in March. Having another look, played forward and having another look uh, this week or uh, the last few days, KFC and Macca's have now gone at the top. Uh, with Uber Eats and, and Menulog uh, now in third and fourth place, followed by DoorDash, HelloFresh, and, and deliver a bit further down the track. Interesting enough, number 11, irrespective of anything, is Dan Murphy's mm. and the downloaded apps. And, and considering that, you know, something like Dan's or something like Mac's is it's been around for a long time. You know, the fact that people still downloading these apps is, I find quite extraordinary. Uh, this probably says a couple of things. Uh, I think one is uh, that, you know, the, the chains are now getting traction mm. with their own apps and their own deliveries. Uh, and they're getting ahead of, you know, they, they, their attempt from Uber and Menulog to kind of disintermediate them a little bit is not working out. Um, and, uh, you know, people kind of go to the brand, mm. the brand that comes with the, 
that comes with the food and comes with the offer. Uh, and once the brand offers the same service or more or less the same service as uh, the aggregators, then they'll go for the brand, which is, which is interesting. It probably also um, says something about, you know, where we were in March, where, you know, no one was turning up. Mm. And the fact that people actually will turn up at the chains, pre-order perhaps, and mm. pick in store. So um, it's, yeah. um, and, it's, and this, it's it's this interesting. The, the, you're right about it. We talked about this before, but that model, which is you know taking thirty percent, um, it, it's it's not good for anyone. So those brands, yeah, they 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 they're moving faster, and they have to, right? And you sort of think there's got to be somewhere in the middle for the smaller brands that maybe don't want to the overhead of a end-to-end app you know, with everything that goes with that, um, you know, for more white labeling, you know, type solutions that can support, um, you know, those, the smaller brands to have a more direct, you know, line with the customer um, as opposed to going through these, these aggregators um, which aren't making any money. And, you know, like I said, the, you know, what do we have that uh, pizza, mm. pizza, um, arbitrage example where <laughs> you know I could that's right uh, yeah so um, pizza, pizza discount at the cost of the investors <laughs> yeah, that's it um, so yeah I think um, that's really interesting and it's a trend that'll keep going yeah it's very interesting actually last week uh, uh, speaking of the smaller brands not not so much the uh, the multinationals uh, or, or I guess the more well-known brands Sanchuro the people who make those really yummy but I suspect uh, uh, not so um, uh, kind to your um, um, uh, physique, uh, Sanchuro. Uh, they make those little, uh, I don't know, the Spanish sort of uh, uh, churros things. Churros chips, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they made it, they, their app made it into the top 10 on Australia, mm. uh, above Domino's and Deliveroo. So, you know, um, obviously there is, you know, once the brands make, make the, the transition to, to reach out directly to the customer, the brand's still holding quite, they're still mm. hold, holding quite strong. They spend a lot of money, I suppose, as well in, in advertising, you know, they're, in, they're probably in your face, uh, mm. in your face quite, quite a bit. I'll, I'll stay on that topic for um, the next one. Um, so what's this seven, is it? Um, so Amazon have started delivering booze. So, um, they, you can now buy a bottle of wine with your, um, I don't know what else you buy at Amazon, which is nearly everything else. Um, and they require you to show your ID um, on delivery. Um, so you basically put in your date of birth when you make the order. And then, um, so they get around the whole age verification uh, by, you know, making sure that you get, you show ID. I don't know how that works with posts. I mean, um, you know, if I, they did a driver, uh, and, you know, I, I don't know how that quite works. And interesting, some other online liquor stores, you know, I think of buying a box of whatever from Nick's wine merchants that, you know, they don't require me to, <laughs> you know, um, sign for, you know, I can just say leave it on the doorstep. So I think that's kind of interest. You know, for Amazon to get into alcohol delivery, um, they're, you know, responding to the fact that <laughs> through the pandemic, booze delivery mm. went up 200%. Um, 
So there's a, obviously a market there. Um, how much that continues now that things are starting to return to normal, don't know. Uh, but there's a lot of really small players like Tipple and others in this space. Um, mm. How much Amazon can use its weight to, you know, do we think of, you know, this is where you go and we'll talk a little bit about Amazon as a brand, but, you know, do I think of Amazon when I think of booze? Um, am I going to be price sensitive and just say, well, if they do the best price, I will order from Amazon or will I go to Dan's because it's an Australian brand that I understand, um, you know, and trust. Um, so I, that'll be interesting to see how well they do in Australia. Yeah, I, I think I think we need we need to watch that space. I mean, they, and this kind of nicely leads to the next uh, item. Uh, they 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 continue to be their service continues to be unparalleled. In fact, in, in some ways, unbelievable. Uh, their um, their commitment to um, the next day delivery or same day delivery is just just unbelievable. Mm. Uh, and it's not just uh, kind of like throwing money away. They have the systems behind this yeah. to make all of this to make all of this happen. You know, they continue to to surprise me. So now the next one is is about a couple of things. Actually, an opportunity to thank all our listeners, the ones that watch Caffeine TV uh, on Fridays at three o'clock, the ones that watch the shows later on through the through the website, and also the ones who listen to the to the podcast. And thank everyone for their uh, kind words and, and, and encouragement and feedback. Uh, we've got a couple of a couple of uh, our uh, more faithful listeners reached out this week about their shopping experiences in, and and their disappointment as to how some of the bigger brands uh, are just not responding in in kind of the the circumstances. You know how how much they um, um, the um, I guess their thinking is still in you turning up in the store and that's how fulfillment is done and that's where the assortment is. No matter what telephone conversations you're trying to have or no matter which way you're trying to arrange them there, they just don't do that. Now, to the opposite of that, you know, for the against the big brands, uh, the local guys, uh, obviously under pressure uh, from all the measures and restrictions, they are now responding quite um, uh, you know, they, they, they're putting customer right at the front of it. Mm. Uh, and, you know, they're responding to uh, whoever is calling locally to, to, get them what, to get them what they want. Now, none of this, of course, solves out the big, you know, they're continuing actually uh, issues in the supply chain because there's still quite a few things that are not available. Mm. Uh, not so much at the supermarket and so on, but if, you, if you're looking for specific things, you might struggle a little bit to get all of them. And we spoke about uh, Kmart last week on how they they're still struggling to fill the shelves up, and they'll continue to do that until they said uh, until mid July. Um, you know, and on on the one hand, and, and going back to full circle to your uh, alcohol and Amazon selling booze, you know, if if you have the stock and and you deliver to the promise uh, at a sensational price, you know, I'm not quite sure how far they the brands will survive. And, and this is a little bit different to food and drink because, you know, Marcus has a product, KFC has a product. It's not easy to, to replicate that, although it's all chicken probably and it's all you know, mm. burger patties. But, but it's prepared in a certain way. It's prepared, way. It's yeah. prepared in a certain way. And, you know, when it comes to a dozen bottles of wine, you know, uh, uh, or two cases of beer, 
um, you know, you, you do a quick search and uh, the person who sells it to you the cheapest, the fastest, um, is, mm. uh, is the same. And the delivery, I don't think it's an issue because I think, I think the legislation here talks about the sale, the point of sale and where the sale happened, not the delivery. Mm. Yeah. You know, when people deliver alcohol to your premises, they don't check for age. Mm. Um, so I think it's more about mm. them um, uh, being able to, um, I guess, uh, check the age at the point of sale. So yeah, uh, we'll see. Uh, look, I, I don't know. I, I suspect at some point we'll see Amazon stores on High Street in Australia. I don't. I, 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 I don't think we, we're far away from that. Mm. I, I think they will. They will enter. Uh, they will enter High Street as well in some form or another, whether it's the, you know, top fifty or top hundred or whatever it is. Mm. Um, they will. Uh, just, just give me a second. I think there's a bit of feedback. Um, they will enter. Um, they will enter the High Street in Australia sooner or later. Mm. So that was. Uh, thanks again to all the listeners and their feedback. Yeah, no, fantastic. Um, on the Amazon topic, geez, we, we're very Amazon-centric today, but um, uh, I've got one more. Um, so another uh, another uh, feature that's been implemented is um, that Amazon have started to put their home brand products uh, and prioritising them in search results. So... If I have a Amazon, I don't know, wine, let's stay with the, the booze, um, and I search red wine, uh, the Amazon product comes up first. Now, this is kind of interesting, and it's an age-old problem of, you know, if Coles have, uh, you know, home brand product and they put them in the most uh, profitable um, eyeline position on the shelf, um, you know, that obviously impacts branded products because they don't get this, you know, the say in, in the space um, conversation, how that ultimately translates to sales and customer promise um, mm. is kind of the big question here. Uh, but then the other bit that's kind of interesting is, so Amazon have this mantra, of we always put the customer first in everything that we do. Now, does that actually work? when I start to promote my own products off search, because if the customer preferred product is a different bottle of red wine, but I'm still prioritizing my own red wine, well then that's not what the customer wanted. Um, so I, it's an interesting mm. kind of conflict for them. And then I uh, mean, the other side to this is, uh, this just goes into a whole interesting space with ACCC, you know, antitrust. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I <laughs> so think... if they were trying to kind of, you know, create a better world or like have a, <laughs> create a better platform for which to have those arguments, this is just going to take it three steps backwards, right? Like, um, yeah. And I don't think it will be the ACCC. I think it will be the European Commission that gets this <laughs> first. Remember, remember the European <laughs> Commission argued with Google about a search engine monopoly. Yeah, so so they, they get hold of this. Yeah. Uh, they all talk about uh, uh, abuse of, uh, of power, of market power. Uh, yeah. There will be... Um, look, I think, I think this is a... It's an interesting thing. Um, um, I'll draw a parallel to um, um, Aldi, for example. You know, some of the... Uh, you know, where, where it's only proprietary product that they have on the shelf, more, more or less anyway. I mean, they, they do have mm. some 
some brand new product. And, you know, do they put the customer first? Yeah, they do, because it's, it's actually not a bad product. It's actually quite, quite reasonable, um, quite reasonable product, you know. So you have a whole supermarket chain that only has proprietary product, and that's the only thing they put forward, as opposed to some of the majors that entertain a kind of home brand versus, you know, and, mm. and branded product. But if the, if the product is, you know, if, if, if the product is, is for the customer, you know, if the product is value for the customer, putting it first, I don't think it's, um, mm. I, I, I don't think it's a, it's a bad thing. You know, as long as the, the product is of quality, um, you know, um, customers are savvy. They're not, they, they understand what they're getting and what, what, what they're not getting. Mm. I, I suspect the challenge for Amazon will be to try and play in a lot of categories in this space. It will be quite hard to try and play in, in a lot of categories. Oh, yeah, uh, and how do I determine the, because, you know, the difference between an Audi and an Amazon is I've got the infinite mile of choice at Amazon, right? Like they've got every product. And if I've got a review and recommendation engine that, you know, should via machine learning algorithms, whatever, say, well, this is the optimal choice for this individual customer from a total personalization point of view, Yet I then have a if then else, you know, like I go, but I will still put Amazon Wine. Do you know what I mean? Like, because this is yeah, one, one to one, you yeah. know, this is one to one algorithms at scale. No, so, of course, but I mean, yeah. y- you're right. And, but at the same token, uh, you know, they already position product based on time of day and a whole bunch of other things by brand. Mm. based on the commission that they have at the back of that brand. Mm. So this is no different, I guess, you know, like, okay, now they're putting their own product, but I mean, remember what, what, what you see is not a, uh, it's an algorithm, algorithmically manipulated view that takes commercial into account in all sorts of ways that I would claim I don't even understand. Mm. So I think it's just an expansion of expansion of that. Mm. Uh, in some ways, you know, maybe maybe if they can also bring um, innovative product that it's hard to get to, you know, they get behind some innovation product that doesn't really exist in categories that are sparsely populated. Maybe that's a that's a good thing. So um, yeah, and it's uh, a similar to the way you know they'll crush those brand those categories where there isn't strong brand. You know, same as right. it's the it's the brick story all over again, right? They'll just it's pick the those, same exactly uh, books. You know, it comes back to that. There's no you know was it six hundred pound gorilla or whatever in, in mm. books. If there's not strong brands, they'll just destroy mm. them. Um, no, they will. Yeah, yeah, they will. They will. Um, I'll um, change a little bit of the plan sequence, and I'll, I'll go with I'll, I'll go back to back, back to tech a little bit, and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, talk about the Nephilim number four. Number yes, four. Yeah. number no number four. Yeah. Um, I'll go back to uh, uh, Nephilim ransomware and and how the carnage continues. So we've had another brand this week where they publicly announced that Nephilim ransomware uh, hit them uh, without necessarily disclosing what the details are. And this is a, it's a carnage, right? I mean, it is, it, it's a sequence of things. People have been targeted. It's not a nice thing. Um, I did a bit of research. Do you know what Nephilim stands for? Uh, well, it's, it's part of the angel hierarchy back into the Judeo and Judaic uh, uh, religious tradition. And uh, Nephilim stands for the fallen ones. 
So that the out of the angel hierarchy, so we've got the cherubim and the seraphim and a whole bunch of other things, the Nephilim are the ones that fall in. So they're the, uh, I guess, mm-hmm. the not so good ones. And that sits with the ransomware and the uh, continuing disruption they cause. Uh, I was wondering uh, um, also, you know, whether, you know, we, we consider a whole bunch of other things as, um, how shall I put this, as, uh, you know, a threat to national security or a threat to national interest. I wonder whether why government hasn't sort of responded to some of this in that sense, and possibly behind the scenes are trying to. Um, but, you know, we, we complain about, um, rightly or wrongly, different story about China spreading COVID-19, for example. You know, but I haven't seen anyone asking for a global uh, um, search to find out who is putting the ransomware out. And, and, and the disruption that this is causing, true disruption and cost that this is causing to businesses and the economy. So um, um, I, am, I, I, I would like to see a bit more, uh, a bit more uh, orchestrated, actually cross-government, cross cross-country uh, cross action on this. Well, ultimately, it's an IP address somewhere and surely can be traced. I heard a, um, a comment today, um, due to the, the, the pandemic, what's happened is a lot of the hackers and script kiddies and um, they've just got a whole lot more time on their hands um, because they're at home. <laughs> and so, um, so they're uh, making um, all sorts of uh, cool things uh, happen because they uh, don't need to go to their regular places of work. Is one uh, one kind of uh, comment I heard, so um, it's interesting. But yeah, I mean, it's up something like sixty percent in the last four weeks, or um, mm. in terms of overall attacks across the board. Um, it's scary stuff. I mean, this stuff is is brutal. Once it gets in, um, you know, it is just a nightmare to um, uh, you know to restore, especially when you've got a lot of legacy systems mm. and old technology. Um, incredibly disruptive and, and incredibly painful. So our our thoughts go to those people in technology and the business that are working in those situations. We absolutely empathise. I've been there. You've been there, Dim, um, where, you know, you're working around the clock 24 by 7. Um, you're trying to restore. You're trying to respond. You're trying to keep the business going in, in manual mode. Um, so, you know, for the people at Toll, Blue Scope and... Fisher Lion, and Michael and Fisher Lion and Michael, and, uh, yeah. Um, you know, we're our um, our thoughts are with you, and we're you know mm. obviously supporting. Uh, it's really really tough for those teams to right now. No, no, extraordinarily tough. I mean, for mm. for those of us that do not understand what the uh, uh, see you, Stewie. <laughs> hey, Stewie. So for those for those of us uh, that do not. Uh, kind of appreciate what actually this thing does. It, it actually renders your entire information unreadable. Yeah. So just to, to, to be clear here, this is not some sort of, you know, fills up disk space or, or, you know, like it disables email. It disables your entire information base. You cannot access any of your information uh, at all. And, and, you know, no, I mean, people working through backups, as you said, and so on. So, um, yeah, not, 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 not terribly good. I, I suspect it, 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 will, it will continue. And, and reality also is that, you know, no matter how well you're prepared, uh, some of this stuff can make it, you know, once you get some credentials and you can make it through the, uh, 
the the outside firewalls, then um, it's very hard to stop. So mm. uh, they're the fallen, the fallen, uh, the fallen ones, uh, mm. the Nephilim, uh, that's uh, causing a bit of carnage. Um, my next one, number four, um, no three, we're up to three. Um, Apple card. So Apple released a credit card which you can use to buy Apple products. I don't think you can use it to buy anything else, but it's sort of like a interest-free way to split the cost of paying for your Apple stuff over a number of months. So, mm -hmm. and different products have different months. So I can buy a new Mac over 24, AirPods over three, and basically it just splits the payments. And then, mm -hmm. you know, every month I make a payment interest-free, which is pretty cool, to mm -hmm. Apple. Um, and I can transact basically using the um, Apple Wallet uh, app, um, and yeah, I, I just thought this was pretty cool. Um, you know, not everyone yeah. can afford the upfront, and, and it tends to be a bit of an outlay. You know, buying a new iPhone or um, Mac computer, um, and you know, putting it on your credit card. Obviously, that's horrible interest and all that. Um, a nice way to get closer to the customer. Um, I think it's a good customer proposition. Uh, helps keep. Uh, Apple consumers in the Apple ecosystem, um, good cash flow. Uh, I, I just think it's 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 really nice. I, I, good, good on Apple on two grounds. One for helping people. I mean that's mm -hmm. that's uh, good news. Uh, we, we could talk about slowing, slightly overpriced products in certain categories, but we'll, we'll avoid that for today. Uh, good on Apple on that front, and also good on Apple on on financial instrument integration because what you've described. Uh, is actually quite uh, uh, quite common in in a lot of uh, European uh, credit cards where you would actually turn up in a store to buy a major item. We're not talking mm. about groceries, to buy a major item. Yeah. And the store will actually offer whether you want to put that on 10 installments on the credit card. The credit card right. companies themselves, in conjunction with certain retailers, not everyone necessarily, in conjunction with certain retailers, they will actually offer installments, interest-free installments across a period of time uh, for major items. So it's a financial instrument that's been around for some time now for the rest of the world. Australian banks, of course, because they're so competitive and you know they're trying to deliver value to the consumer, haven't even touched any of this. Yeah, see, a uh, question on the CRS, is it like Afterpay? Well, I guess it is, um, but Apple is controlling that ecosystem. So... Mm. Um, there wouldn't be any money that or outlay for Apple um, in terms of transaction costs of working with Afterpay. Um, but for the customer, it's pretty close, um, I imagine. Uh, obviously, no well, interest. After, after, and, then, after, and then with Apple, there'll be loyalty, right? Like the, there'll be right. uh, bonuses. And you can imagine the mm. Apple credits, <laughs> I, I, you know, all that stuff starts to become uh, optional and, and build-ons. And Afterpay has commissions associated yeah, with yeah, that yeah, yeah. Uh, which are not present here right because this is just a, a straightforward transaction now now there's always commissions with these things but afterpay mm -hmm. i understand has a significant amount of of commissions behind that um mm -hmm. very good are, are, are we are we to number nine how number we two no we're going sorry backwards. we're going backwards <laughs> uh, your last one number two uh last one. Oh god just i have so much to say uh last one well <laughs> this is this is actually um it, it, this is a, a very a very good news story and and write down my uh my kind of uh, uh path of where we need to move 
in this uh, in this new world, in the in this new new uh, situation we are at. Uh, the UK uh, has done 18 days without coal generation. Mm. Uh, they had a previous record wow. uh, that it was, I think, 12 days or something. They've mm. done 18 days without coal generation. Mm. Uh, now, that, that, that on its own, uh, somebody, somebody needs to say, this wasn't actually played anywhere in our, our media here. It didn't make it to any headlines uh, here. We keep talking mindset. about No, that's right. We keep talking about the environment. We're talking about this and that and the other. And, and, and this did not even make it. Mm. To, to our media. I picked it up talking to, to a mate in the UK midweek about mm. talking about retail and other things over there. And um, yeah, 18 days without calls. So from, from, good on the UK. Uh, 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 I think, um, uh, but at the back of that, uh, and obviously, I mean, they managed to do that because there's been a reduction in consumption, right? I mean, this is kind of a little bit behind. This is not some sort of investment that materialized over the last few few days but it is uh, it is a, an overall reduction in energy consumption so i went around and did a bit of a uh, had a bit of a look because i thought uh, you know how much did that actually how much actually global electricity demand uh, decreased by two and a half percent in q1 and uh, it um it varies a little bit around the world it's interesting in highly industrialized countries like china uh, the demand has fallen further than countries like the U.S. or possibly out in some European countries where they're all more service-oriented. Mm. So uh, um, we, we saw a lot more, uh, uh, a lot more, a bigger drop in uh, the EU and, and the United States in terms of uh, the, the growth rates as opposed to, say, places like China and India where you know they rely on electricity more so for production rather than uh, uh, services uh, services use. So um, overall, however, it's only it's only really dropped by 1.5 percent on an annualized basis. Let's say two percent, um, uh, and that's what they're predicting. They're predicting that a faster recovery will only re reduce that by two percent. If you take electricity as a proxy for uh, economic activity, which mm. is probably not not far off, right? I mean, mm. it's just, just, just as, as good as anything. Um, that now predicts electricity demand uh, uh, down by 2% for the year. And um, uh, obviously, you know, that you can take from that uh, what, what possible decline in, in, GDP, uh, in GDP will, uh, uh, will be. Um, it's also interesting that the drop in demand uh, favored the renewables because renewables are, are exactly that, they're for free, effectively. So production from renewables, you know, marginal cost for production for renewables uh, isn't, it's almost near zero, uh, you know, to produce one extra piece, uh, while marginal cost for coal or any of the others actually takes uh, uh, primary consumption. Uh, and, and this is why the UK ultimately uh, managed, to get, uh, managed to get to that. Um, mm. uh, to that outstanding result, 18 days without um, uh, without uh, any coal coal generation. So yeah. uh, well done, well done on them. I, mean, uh, I am I am sure sometime in the future when my great 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 grandchildren might be able to quote one day without coal in Australia. Do you think? 
Which is just nuts, isn't it? I mean, it's not even part of the conversation. I mean, we've, we've spoken about this show on, on this show a few times. But you, you see the stimulus, you know, like the economic mm. um, uh, emphasis, it, the, the conversation at the political level, it's just Agreed. not there. Um, Agreed. Agreed. And, uh, Agreed. Although there are, there are some signs. We'll talk next week. There are some mm. signs for this. And what mm. businesses are asking, there's a couple of uh, reports, a couple of studies that have been happening as we speak. And we'll report next week. So, yeah, the conversation is just not there. No, it doesn't even feature anywhere. No, agree. Um, agree. Um, that was number two. Number, number, number one. Okay. Uh, look, this one's a shout out to all the parents who have kids that went back to school this week. Um, man, I'm with you. Um, it is <laughs> just magnificent. Um, look, my synopsis um, or conclusion, uh, the remote thing didn't work. That's it. It just didn't work. Um, <laughs> it didn't work for whom? Zero. It didn't work for the parents. Didn't, didn't work, work for, for anyone. The, the kids, you know, um, and I did a little bit in, um, you know, there were kids not showing up and you don't know why. Teachers had no idea where the kids were. So it's like, you know, any concept of, you know, supposedly being at school. Um, and um, yeah, yoo-hoo, exactly. I'm there. Um, <laughs> and look, there's difference, like, you say, well, yeah, the kids are today, they're good at tech. It's one thing to be good at TikTok. It's another thing to be good at remote learning. They're not the same. They're different. Mm. And, <laughs> you know, you had absent parents. You've got bad infrastructure for some kids. Now, I saw a stat that 20% of students actually didn't have the access. And you've got to understand, you know, a lot of people, we're, we're privileged, right? Like 20% of students didn't have access to the tech they needed for remote learning. I think it's, it's staggering, right? Um, TikTok is more engaging, yeah. And I'll, I'll get to I'll get to that. Um, and uh, so you know, and then the other one is how do you have balanced assessments when everyone's at home, right? How do you stop cheating? Uh, it just doesn't work. You got burnt out parents. Yeah, thank God. Um, so if the whole remote learning thing is going to you know happen in any, the whole thing needs to be rethought. You know, the teachers had no idea. Like, it is actually not just trying to do school remotely. Like, it's a completely different paradigm that needs to be thought through. Um, it was thrust upon everyone. It was a disaster. Let's just forget about it. And But someone needs to start thinking about what it should look like and could look like. So that's my number one. <laughs> Bit of a soapbox. Uh, well, this is... Um, this is um... <laughs> I, I agree with you. It's it's not it's not uh, yeah it's not the the remote classroom. You are mm -hmm. right. There needs to be something something different, and 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 how material gets delivered. It's not just a telepresence, right? It's not yeah. it's not it's not, it's not just a tele. No, no. I I agree with you. It's not just a telepresence. There needs to be uh, something different. Uh, uh, you know, having having said that, you know, the, the idea that the streets of the city, every city will be clogged every morning between quarter to eight and quarter past eight. But people driving their kids to school still just doesn't sit with me very well, but there you go. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 I think educational outcomes uh, are far better served, or at least in the current environment, in, uh, in, 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 in the context of the school. Although you must also admit that a lot of school is about babysitting too. So. Mm. Yeah, right. Yep. yep. 
Okay. Um, well, that concludes uh, another edition, almost bang on, 45 minutes. Well done, Dim. Um, uh, 3.44. Yeah. Uh, so, thank you for all the people who are listening and uh, um, and uh, all your comments. Um, reach out if you want to join the conversation in person at some point. Uh, we have guests, not this week. There will be uh, distinguished guests uh, coming up next week and the next couple of weeks. Um, if you want to reach and join the conversation in, in person uh, live, um, reach out to either Nathan or me. Um, and uh, we'll be delighted to to do that. You can uh, boom zoom bomb uh, or bomb zoom. I don't know that's what term it is. No, that's TikTok, right. TikTok. Have a have a fabulous weekend. Yeah, have a good weekend. Subscribe on the website. Um, podcasts uh, are now available. Um, oh, they'll be released uh, Monday. So uh, have a good weekend, everyone. We'll see you then. <laughs>